0: And welcome to the Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management—a show about the incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, natural fancy color diamonds, and what they can do to protect and make you money in these turbulent times. The number to call: one eight seven seven eight silver. The website: therealmoneyshow.com, And welcoming our new listeners in News Talk seven seventy in Calgary. We've got uh, Paul and Jeremy. You guys are here. Uh, we start uh, like we do every week, Jeremy, with the uh, the update. The week that was, how was it?
1: Well, it uh, continues to be interesting that the stock market's doing so well uh, because. When you look at what's going on in the retail sector, there's a bunch of um, retail chains that you wouldn't necessarily want to be investing in. For example, uh, Walmart profit plunges by 220 million um, and their traffic declines by 1.4%. You've got uh, Sears losing 358 million in in the first quarter. Uh,
2: JCPenney uh, and looking to sell off all their stores in Canada, yeah, pretty much having an awful time, the same as Target having just an awful time in Canada. J.C. Penney, Costco,
1: Staples, Gap, American Eagle, uh, Macy's—I could keep going on. The fact of the matter is, is how can the stock market be doing so so well when clearly the consumer is not? participating low interest rates haven't been helping the situation there they they don't seem to care that that interest rates are low and they've got nowhere to put their savings so let's go out and spend no the consumer is telling you the complete opposite they're saying we don't care if there's QE we don't care what the stock market's doing we're not buying any more stuff we can't afford it so this seems to be the the big trend right now going on um In terms of the stock market versus reality.
2: And it also tells you what's happening in the business world. For example, Staples, their profit was down 44%. They're closing you know, literally 50 to 100 stores in the U.S., maybe mm-hmm. even more. That tells you that the retail business or the business businesses in the States are not doing great. So how can the stock market be doing so unbelievably well? So we get back to gold and silver. If you look at gold and silver, we're trading in the $19 range silver. Uh, gold is trading around about $1,255 as we're taping the show today. Um, I still believe strongly that these two metals are the most under- Priced product out there. Um, you know, May 2011, silver hit a high of $49. Gold was $1,930. Uh, as I said, we're trading today around about $19 silver, $1,255 gold. Unbelievable value, an unbelievable investment at this time. You look at Palladium, which we've been telling people for the last couple of months mm-hmm. to buy. Palladium is trading, as we're taping the show, at $849. Great price, and we think Palladium, again, is one of these metals that's going to keep on moving up. If you look at the results from Chrysler this week, their sales were up. Now, every time a car, a vehicle is sold in north america or wherever it's in asia india you need catalytic converters catalytic converters contain platinum and palladium in most cases palladium there is a shortfall. there's a short amount of palladium out there south africa mines palladium but they've got a lot of strikes on their hands the other place that mines palladium is russia now with all the embargoes that are you know happening with russia they're going to start stockpiling as well and not letting this product leave
0: the number is one eight seven seven eight silver and the real show dot com. Jeremy, I think
1: uh, one of the biggest pieces of news this week, obviously, is the ECB rate decision. Uh, it's. Uh They've, they've decided to lower the lending rate into a negative territory, so it's costing money to keep your money in the banks there. And we'll see if that if that actually can stimulate the economy. Certainly Draghi's been uh, jawboning for quite some time. And it's amazing how much can be accomplished by just a figurehead jawboning. But you know, when things start to go bad, it becomes very difficult to talk up a market when people stop believing. And uh, it's something we'll talk about a little later in the show, hopefully with uh, Gerald Salente, as we talk about some of the things that are happening in Europe.
2: Oh, yeah, we're really excited about having Gerald on the show as well, because he's going to be coming on in one of the next segment, I believe. Um, But if you look what's happening, for example, in Spain, uh, again, a European country, they're trying so desperately to get people back to work. They're lowering the corporate tax rate from 30% to 25%. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, I don't know where they're going to get the money to do these things. The same in Italy, the same in France. There is lots of problems in the East, in the European uh, nations right now. And the same thing even when you look at the US. Uh, as Jeremy said earlier, the stock market seems to be doing just astounding. I mean, you know, the real estate market in Canada keeps on booming. People say there's absolutely no bubble. There's only a certain amount of places you can put your money. You know, you can put your money in the bank, for almost zero interest today. Mm. You can put your money in property, which for the longest, for the last few years has been pretty safe. But again, the bubble burst in the US and it's just getting back to where it was. But again, there's a lot of uh, places in the States like Arizona, Florida, Nevada, where the prices have just not come back to where they were. High-end properties have always held their own. Um, Or you can put your money into commodities or you can put your money into hard assets we at guildhall believe hard assets is the way to go you should have anywhere from 15 to 20 percent in hard assets whether it's gold silver platinum palladium whether it's natural fancy colored diamonds hard assets whether it doesn't matter whether it's if you're a stamp collector uh, whether you collect uh, baseball cards but the old ones if you're a coin collector if you collect something of value antiques Antique cars, they're all going up. Art, if you look at the auction houses, they are fetching unbelievable prices at auction houses for things that are hard assets. People don't trust currencies. They don't trust fiat currencies. They've made money, and now how do you keep... Keep your money that you've made because sooner or later the plug is going to get pulled on the U.S. dollar and that U.S. dollar has to get depreciated down. If you look at the debt of the U.S., they're trading at $17 billion plus in in deficit. There's another $180 trillion, did I say billion? I meant trillion. $17.5 trillion in debt. There's another $180 trillion, that are not even on the books. That's Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, not on the books. How is the US government ever, ever going to pay this debt off? Is they going to collect it? They, they're not manufacturing. They collect taxes. That's what they do. They collect taxes. They're spending more than they're collecting. Since Obama's been in, uh, I think it's gone from $6 trillion to $17.5 trillion. He's tripled it in the six years that he's been in office. It's incredible. So you've got to look at what you're doing out there, how you're investing. The small investor can't get in the stock market. If they're telling you to get into the stock market right now, last one in, first one to get hurt, because that's what's happened. It's had a run-up, but again, we're getting highs, but it still hasn't run up to where you know, you've even got your money back. If five years ago, in 2008, 2009, you got slaughtered in the stock market where it got slammed down, you're back to probably where you were if you stayed in the market. If we look at gold and silver, even over the last 10 years, gold is still up close to 400%. Silver's still up close to 400%. And as an example, if you'd have took $10,000 10 years ago, put it in a coffee can, buried it in the back garden, That $10,000 today would probably have a buying power of about $7,000. If you would have bought silver, which was trading at the time, uh, around 10 years ago at $4 an ounce, Mm. you'd have had 2,500 ounces of silver. That 2,500 ounces of silver, even at $19 an ounce, is worth $45,000. Your $10,000 is still worth 10000 cash versus forty five thousand dollars you do the math and we've been as high as forty nine dollars so if you weren't greedy and you took that twenty five hundred ounce and you said you know what i'm going to sell half of that off you would have finished up making seventy thousand dollars in your pocket cash enjoying life so you need to get into hard assets at guildhall wealth management we sell physical gold silver platinum and palladium we don't sell securities. We don't sell ETFs. We don't sell certificates or futures or options or futures. It's the physical product. You can take a bar of silver, a 100-ounce bar, drop it on the floor, drop it on your foot, you're here to clang. It is physical. You can buy product from us three different ways. You can buy it for immediate delivery, take it home. Uh, we can ship it to you. You can use our depository, which is safe, secure. It's segregated and insured. So if you want to open an account and if you have gold and silver even at home, and you want to put it into a safe, secure depository, mm-hmm. we can do that for you. And we even offer financing on precious metals. And I'll give you an example of financing. Today, silver is trading at $20. By putting up as little as $7,500 US, you still maintain that 1,000 ounces of silver because it's being financed. If silver goes from $19 to $2,650, you have doubled your money. Whereas if you own it outright, it would have to go to $38 to double your money. So it's not for everybody, but it's available to you. John, why don't you give out some numbers? People can call us, get an investing kit. Also get our precious metal advisor, which is our weekly newsletter that goes out free of charge. Email it to you, which is a wonderful, wonderful piece of information.
0: The number is one eight seven seven eight silver That Paul's talking about the realmoneyshow.com. We talked about uh, hard assets. Jeremy, how about the gold shortage in China?
1: They're still in strong, strong demand for the physical metal. Mm-hmm. They're, in 2013, it was it was off the charts, and it seems that China, Russia, Brazil, all the BRICS nations, South Africa, they're all looking to accumulate gold. One thing is for sure that since 2008, most central banks have become net buyers of gold. It seems that there's still just a few, um, whether it's Canada, Canada, um, the U.S., England, they're not accumulating, um, but uh, they're certainly the the supplies are are dwindling in those in those areas. But they're growing in China, India, Russia, etc. So they continue to want to buy. They continue to love the prices at the lower at the lower range here. And one has to ask why. It is it's a hedge. They're holding on to trillions of dollars around the world in U.S. reserve currency. They're trying to move away from the world's reserve currency. They're seeing the $17 trillion in debt. And yeah. what is that currency actually worth? And obviously, they also have to pay to keep those those reserves in their banks and when they're making the transactions. And so there, it starts to be an unfair uh, trade. So. Countries around the world, central banks around the world, specifically China, or, or ex- exceptionally China, are trying to grow w- their reserves. Uh, they've continued to do that into 2014, like I said, off the charts in 2013. And this flies in the face, of course, of lower prices in, in bullion. And while it, it seems to be the lame, the lame duck for investing for 2013 and the beginning part of 2014, um, it certainly hasn't uh, lost its shine for those in the East.
0: We'll take a short break. Lots more of the show coming up. We'll get to Gerald Salente very shortly and talk about the uh, show you guys were in Vegas. Uh, just this past week, the number is 1-877-8-SILVER and Show.com. Lots more of The Real Money Show coming up. And back with more of The Real Money Show and welcoming our new listeners and News Talk 770 in Calgary. Welcome aboard. Guys, we're going to be talking to Gerald Salente in our next segment. You do not want to miss this guy. Like you said, Paul, you just wind him up and let him go.
2: Yeah, he's a trend analyst, and uh, he's been doing this a long time. He's been, you know, on every TV station, uh, you know, throughout the U.S. Uh, his newsletters, his you know, his magazine that he puts out, and uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful speaker and uh, pleasure to listen to. But anyway, getting back to the JCK, we were in Vegas. Las- yeah, yeah we we're in Las Vegas. Um, again, what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. <laughs> I guess because we had a tough time buying diamonds um... we spent you know almost four days going to so many booths talking to people in the diamond business and you've got to remember in the natural fancy colored diamond business it's a very very small business There's, you know again we belong to ncdia which is the national colored diamond association and uh, we're at their cocktail party and basically the members that are there you know there's about forty fifty wholesalers and dealers that it's are pretty in tight, pretty tight uh... organization but um, with Natural Fancy Colour Diamonds, because of what's been happening in the auctions, um, where they've been fetching unbelievable prices uh, for uh, blues, yellows, um, and we're, we're looking at prices that we've never seen before. You know, they're jumping 20%, 30%. Wow. The dealers that I went to, we, we actually purchased three diamonds, but... We never saw too many yellow IF diamonds. We saw a lot of VS quality, which is something that we, re- you know, the people use, but they use it for jewelry. The type of diamonds we sell are for investment. So mm-hmm. we look to buying yellows internally flawless, uh, you know, of a carat and above. Um, we did see some, make some contacts for stones of 10 and 15, 20 carats, uh, but again, we didn't see too many internally flawless that met our criteria. Getting to the Argyle pinks, uh, we virtually never saw hardly anything in Argyle pinks that were better than SI1. We all, If you go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, you will see Argyle pinks of VS quality, VS1, VS2, VVS1. Those are the highest-end investment natural fancy color diamonds from the Argyle mine, and that's the type of product that we sell. That This type of diamond in the Argyle, and you've got to remember, the Argyle mine is closing in 2018, um, which is going to be basically like buying an artist that you know is going to die, right, because as right, right, right. soon as he dies, that product, his art's going to go up in value. And this is what's going to happen with the closing of the mine in 2018. At Guildhall, we really go for the best of the quality, and it starts off with colour. Colour is the most important. Then we get to clarity. So when I talk about yellows as an investment, for me, one carat and above in a yellow is an investment as long as it's a fancy, intense, or a vivid, and it's internally flawless. That means it's there is no inclusions. In the argyle pinks, we're talking about colour. So the argyle pinks... Very, very, very rarely come in IF. So we get VS, which is the next quality down. So, because of that, we look for the investment grade and we normally only buy. For our clients, as investments, a quarter of a carat or more, because these are the stones that really go up. Now, every stone that we sell, again, has to have the color, the cut, the clarity, and the carat weight. And when you look at a a diamond, it has to have the fire, the scintillation, the make. The make is the cut in the diamond that gives off these magnificent colors. And the type of diamond that we sell, the yellows tend to double every four to five years because there are more yellows out there than pinks. Pinks tend to double every three years. Blues, if you can find internally flawless blues or blue-green, greenish blues, which we've started putting up on our website, and I think the blue-greens are the next blues, and they are going to go up in value very, very quickly. We also purchased an orange... A yellowish orange, which means it's about 85% orange and a 15% yellowed hmm. tinge to it. Nicole fell in love with a diamond, my daughter, and she's a you know a diamond graduate from GIA, and she just fell in love with this diamond. It's a small stone, it's a 0.37 pair, but it looks like a, a 0.55, 0.60 carat, um, and that's going to be up on the website next week when we get it in and appraised because we're having the the product shipped from uh, the US from the show but reds um we've got a our newsletter this week and i was looking at a diamond and it was just over a two carat red and it was an si1 and it was a seven million dollar stone. wow this stone by the way came out of last year's tender 2013 tender and the dealer that had it we partnered with on several occasions to to buy product from them uh, was willing for me to take the diamond home uh, or send it to me uh, for us to try to sell them, sell it for them. But again, the $7 million stone, this is a type of stone in three years, four years' time could easily fetch $15 million.
1: What we always notice in this market when you're looking at, there definitely is a two-tier aspect to this because a lot of our clients, it's very new to them. They want to dip a toe in the water, mm-hmm. see how it goes, um, inevitably... People love the investment a year on when they start to see the appraisals, they start to see the overall market trend and the fact that it's moving up. So they get very excited and they move up. Uh, So they might start with a fancy yellow, move up to an intense, move up to a vivid over over the course of a few years. And what you'll notice, though, is that once you get into uh, diamonds that are quarter million, million, million. These are types of diamonds that you don't necessarily have to hold on to for five, 10 years in order to realize the gains that are to be had in this type of market. You could literally buy a diamond this year for half a million dollars, and in six months' time, you could start to then look for another seller. Even if it takes a year, it's quick. Yeah, even if it takes a year, if it takes a year and a half to find a new buyer. Your price is continuing, continually moving up on this type of diamond. So it's it's a very exciting. Industry in that regard
0: one eight seven seven eight silver in the real money show.com. Let me ask you this um, Overall the JCK talking talk of different colored diamonds as a pair as opposed to say three, four, five years ago How big a shift is there towards the favoring of fancy colored diamonds as opposed to all other jewelry? It's got to be gaining popularity, right? Yes, uh, actually, I mean look uh,
1: while we were there I opened up a Rob report and almost every ad that had to do with jewelry, was using colored diamonds. That's huge. It is huge. You can see Tiffany's is really pushing colored diamonds. So overall, colored diamonds are definitely um, in vogue right now, that they're growing in popularity, and it's great for that industry. Understand that there is um, a difference between buying. Well, what the jewelry stores do is they will sacrifice the clarity um, in order to get a much cheaper price, and then they can they can put it into the retail stores. So it's interesting in that regard because the dealers at JCK, for example, or all our partners and whatnot. On the one hand, they'd love us to go down in criteria. They'd love us to buy VS yellows or VVS yellows instead of uh, instead of internally flawless. But they pat us on the back at the same time for sticking to our guns, and they they appreciate that we're looking for such high quality. But well, the they retail, un- they
2: understand we have a niche market. We yeah. look for a specific. For sure. collector, a specific investor that that understands the product that they're buying, is the best of the best.
0: The Bentley buyer, it, not going Yeah,
2: no. I mean, if no. you were going to buy a Rolls Royce, do you want to buy a Rolls Royce with a big dent and a scratch in it, no. or do you want to buy a Rolls Royce that's pristine? It doesn't matter if it's, if you're buying, you know, a Ford, you know, you want to buy a car that's brand new, that's you know, in great condition with paintwork, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. You don't want to buy a scratch and dent. And there's a lot of people out there that do scratch and dent, unfortunately. Um, and it, in some cases, it really doesn't matter if you're putting a diamond that is a VS quality into a piece of jewelry. You've got no intention really of selling that. I mean, you're going to pass it down or wear it or put it in your jewelry box. The only difference is it doesn't matter if you buy a VS diamond in a color, in yellow, pink, blue. I can assure you that that diamond will appreciate. Whereas if you buy a white diamond, I don't care whether you've had it 25 years and it's an engagement present or it was a present to you, the likelihood is that diamond has not appreciated in the 25 years you've had it unless you buy a specific diamond which is called a Internally flawless, triple X, which means it's excellent cut, excellent polish, and excellent symmetry. And they're extremely hard to find, and they're expensive. You don't see that that type of diamond in a retail store. It's a diamond that somebody that knows the industry will purchase because that's the type of diamond that will appreciate. But every colored diamond, if you listen to what we have to say, if you go, go for our buyer's guide, which is free, by the way, if you need it, We'll be happy to email to you. We'll tell you everything about investing in natural fancy-coloured diamonds. But if you buy a yellow, a carat and above, internally flawless, whether it's a fancy, intense vivid, you can start off with one carat for about $12,000. That stone will double four, in the next four to five years, six years, could easily double in price. In 10 years, you know, a $12,000 stone could easily be worth thirty thirty-five thousand dollars $35,000. If that's the type of investment you're looking for, if you want to put your kids through university, you're looking for retirement, you know, buy a $50,000 stone. You know, a beautiful argyle Argyl pink. In ten years, that stone could easily be worth a hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars, and we've got the records to prove it. One time, we used to put a calculator on our website, but the prices looked ridiculous. It, you know, you bought a stone for twenty-five thousand, and it showed what it was worth in five years, and ten years, and fifteen, all the way up to twenty years, and it looked crazy. So we actually took it off. But you know what? It's fact. We, we we do a seminar and we showed a diamond a 1.75 vivid internally flawless an oval stone. In 2011, we had that stone appraised for 125,000. In three years, the latest appraisal is 224 225,000. It's gone up hundred thousand dollars in three years. So we know if you're buying quality, if you're buying the best of the best, it's going to appreciate. If you're going to buy a property in New York, a brownstone in the best area, whether you buy something in Calgary in the best area, if you buy something in Toronto in the best area, it's going to appreciate. If you buy something in the boondocks, it doesn't go up as much as something that's, you know, of high end.
1: Yeah, we had a similar example, Um, just a, a small argyle pink. A Couple of years ago, it, I had a, a, a diamond that was appraised for about thirty-five thousand, and a client bought it for just over twenty. A very similar diamond that we had a couple of weeks ago was appraised at seventy, just over seventy thousand, sold for close to thirty-five thousand.
0: It's fantastic gains right? within
1: three years mm. and it, there's not really you're talking the really only big difference between these two diamonds was the shape of it and it wasn't as though that would have created a premium so that's what the Argyle Pinks are doing um, it's great to see that the retail sector is definitely interested in coloured diamonds as a um, just a way to increase benefits on, on jewellery and, and create some more fashion so it's great to see that there does become a trickle down and maybe that that's even coming from the auctions they see a hundred characters at yellow going at auction and and people you know perk up to that and they want to they okay. want to have that sort of individuality so we don't we certainly don't um, don't look down on on vs diamonds and for yellows they they move up we've seen uh, vs yellows vivids moving up about eight nine percent of course if you're doing the internally flawless you might be looking more like thirty percent so um, there is a strategy there in terms of making that investment so it's great. Uh exciting to be at the JCK show, exciting to see the trends, exciting to see friends and 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 partners and get caught up. And we did hear some interesting things. We actually um do have an update on the JCK show, so if you want to get that update to your email, uh you can just sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor.
0: We'll take a short break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the real money show dot com. Gerald Salente is coming up on the show next. Do not miss this. Stick around for it. And welcome back to more of The Real Money Show and welcoming our listeners at News Talk seven seventy and Calgary as well. On the show now, Gerald Salente, publisher of the Trends Journal. He was once in the New York Post that if Nostradamus was alive today, he would have trouble keeping up with Mr. Salente. Welcome to the show, sir.
3: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: Hi, Gerald. This is Jeremy speaking from Hello, Jeremy. Hall. Hey, great to talk to you again. Um, I wanted to start off right away. We actually were talking at the top of the show i um, always looking at uh, what we call retail versus reality in terms of the stock market's doing great and um, the press is all over, all over that. But I've got a list here as long as my arm um, with retail sales being down. So I wanted uh, if you could expand on that a little bit as, as one of the, the articles you talk about in, the, in one of the most recent Trends Journals is about the big box stores.
3: Well, retail sales are down for a number of reasons. For example, um, on Friday... The job numbers came out, the United States, and they created about 200,000 jobs. And now we're even for all the jobs lost that have been lost since the panic of 08 hit, the Great Recession. So they made up those lost jobs, but how about the the, the population grew by over 7% during the same time? So what you have is a labor force participation rate that at its lowest levels in 36 years. But it's different even when you look back. Because when you look back and you look at what laborers were participating in, they weren't participating in 100,000 of those new jobs that were created that are health aid services that are, I love the term, hospitality sectors. Mm-hmm. That means you make beds in, hot, in, in hotels and you could be a waiter or a bartender. And you look at the other jobs and they're in the lower end of retail and service sector. Only 10,000 or so created in manufacturing and about another eight or 10,000 in construction. So going back to retail, you have a third of the millennial generation are now living with their parents because they can't afford to be out on their own. The real estate market that, oh, they're all talking about over here, it's, you know, it's picked up. Well, 40% of first-time homebuyers used to be people under 35, and that's very important for first-time homebuyers. Now, eh, now it's around 20%, 25% goes back to retail Obamacare we are being forced to buy health insurance from private insurance companies this is not nationalized health care we're being forced to buy health care from private companies so now you're being forced to pay that so when you add it all together people have less money to go into retail so the money that's not going into the cash register is going into raising rising taxes across the board whether they are school taxes and property taxes if you own real estate you're forced to pay those you have the Obama tax now and then you have a real real situation where people are earning a lot less money so for example when we go back to the big box stores, Look at Walmart sales numbers coming out. Wow, well, they're lower than anticipated. You know, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as a dollar store; it didn't exist. But now they're all over the country, and you know who their their prime uh, consumer is: people making twenty five thousand dollars or less. So they got a lot of They have a lot of uh, population to draw from, because the average salary in the United States now is under twenty-eight thousand dollars a year, so the big box stores are looking at a much smaller audience of people that used to be that used to be clients or or customers, I should say. So you see a shrinkage throughout the boards. It's curious. Why do you
1: think that that's not showing up in the stock market?
3: Well, it's it's not curious at all because the stock market is is rep, is. Is re- enriching the one percent, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where the dough is going. Look at your merger and acquisition numbers. You know they're back to almost you know pre-recession levels. You could borrow money for almost nothing if you're one of the white shoe boys. Mm-hmm. If you're in the merger and acquisition business, if you're in the uh, hedge fund or vulture capital—excuse me, venture capital. <laughs> you know how dare I? So when you look at what's going on, the money is only going to the 1%. You pick up the Wall Street Journal. America's uh, income has increased, household income. And they say and they have it right there. The wealthier got wealthier. So when the stock market is only enriching the rich, and this is, by the way, it's not only in the United States. It's in Europe. It's in China. It's the, the money's going to the top. And so what we're looking at, when you're looking again behind the numbers and the 1%, all right, Mario Draghi, the former um, uh, Goldman Sachs guy that was running the European division, a Goldman Sachs member or gang member, that's now the head of the ECB uh, for several years. They just instituted, you can't make this up, of course, And they take it as though this is, you know, this makes sense. They now have negative interest rates. I know. All right. Who is that enriching? It's enriching the banks and the the speculators that borrow that money at that low number. Now let's go back to the average person, whether it's in, again, whether it's in Europe or the U.S. Once upon a time when I was a young kid, they used to have this thing called savings accounts i know it sounds like a foreign concept people used to put money away extra money into the banks into their saving account and they used to get an interest return that was greater than inflation by a sizable number and so in the old days they put money away all their lives and then when they got to retirement age they would have what they used to call a nest egg now you put your money in the bank, particularly now if you're in Europe and in the good old U.S.S.A., you get nothing <laughs> back. So where's the money going? Why the equity market's going up? That's the place to put the dough, because you've got no place else to put it.
2: Gerald, what's your thoughts on these fines of that are of being levied on the banks? Uh, extreme, $2 million, $3 billion, you know, incredible amounts of money. It's
3: chicken feed compared to the money that they make. And what it is, look, let's suppose either one of you guys, Jeremy or Paul, you go out and, um, and you pull a heist. You rob a bank. What, what will they do if they catch you? Jail. Jail. First, they'll beat the hell out of you if they catch you. <laughs> then you'll go to jail. But when the banks rob us, hey, just pay a fine. We'll do a little headline. We'll get some of your dough. We need it in the government. And you go on and you keep committing your acts. And you know what we'll call it? We'll call it a misstep. How's that?
1: So, what do you think the trend is for that? Do you think we're going to continue to see more fines? I mean, I think you're. I, I do see little bits and pieces here, especially in Europe, where there's a bit of a crackdown happening. Do you think that there's a trend towards that, or do you think we're continue on this line where they just get slap nah, on the wrist nah, nah, nah. fees
3: that's that's for the little people to look at to think to so they pretend that they're doing something as you're looking at as you're looking at what in Greece was 30% unemployment 25 27 in Spain you have yeah you people you, you're looking at a decline of the GDP over the last few years of over 25% the people have lost everything and then they come out you know they, you know we're cracking down on these banks for their misdeeds i forgot mis you know misdeeds misrepresentation and misstatements
2: did you no, see the thing on, on italy what they put in the gdp by the way prostitution gambling
3: yeah they did that they're doing it in the uk too now
2: hmm. it's crazy
3: oh yeah they're doing it in a number of countries to keep to boost up the gdp and, you know, and if they put in, they should also put in there political corruption, man. Then they'd really boost that GDP number.
2: Where do you see, um, for investors, uh, which hard asset would you recommend? Or not well, so you much. Know, recommend I, I your, your opinion.
3: Again, you know, I do not give financial advice. I want to make that 100% clear. But when you look at where the future is going. I mean, they're going to keep these interest rates now down. You know, this is unprecedented. So as long as you have these low interest rates, you know, real estate's going to do fine in different sectors, particularly the wealthy ones, I believe. And, and uh, you know, you're going to see the equity markets until the Ponzi scheme stops. But, you know, you, you can't fight the Fed. They keep coming up with new games, like negative interest rates. hmm stimulate quantitative easing, who made that one up? You know, people say to me, you know, you, I was wrong in my forecasts that, you know, we'd go back into a panic. Yeah, you're right, I was wrong. How the hell did I know that they're going to make up a thing called quantitative easing? How did I know that the Federal Reserve was going to dump $17 trillion into banks around the world and businesses? How did I know they'd make up a thing called too big to fail and keep it going. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't, and how did I know they're going to come up with negative interest rates? Oh, and here's the baloney with this, too, by the way. They're worried about deflation. All right, let's see how this works, okay? Let's go back to Greece. The economy's declined 25% over the last few years. 30% unemployment, probably higher, but that's like official, around 27, 30 You've, they're dumping now all these VAT taxes and other taxes. So now you're making a lot less. They rob you of your pensions and benefits. They're overtaxing you. All right, the cost of things are going down. Duh. Meanwhile, the prices of commodities such as food, fuel, they keep going up. It keeps, keeping, keeps costing you more to live. Yes. Yes you have a deflation in rel- relative to the decline of the economy. But this is not deflation. Not when you have all these other costs that are being dumped on top of you, like taxes. We're not going to add those in, though, because we're the government. Not like food. You listen to every, everything coming out of the food in industry, which is a terrible name to associate with food. Mm-hmm. And prices are going through the roof. You're looking at at, at um, profits declining quite dramatically in a lot of areas because of rising food prices. So it's not deflation. What it is, it's a rebalance of the economy the way it's supposed to be when things go down. Line number two coming out of the European Union that they have a two percent inflation rate number for the European Union to grow into. That's a big lie. The 2% number that came out when they came out with the euro was that a country was not to exceed that. Not that that was a market a hit. So now they're putting it in our heads that, hey, inflation's good. Yeah, it's good if you're one of the white shoe boys, a banker, the hedge funds, the private equity groups, and all of the others, but not good for the average citizen, which they could care less about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, We're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about the average citizen, especially in Europe, and then as well get your opinion on what's happening in, in the U.S. For, for the average person as well, if that's okay?
2: Before we sure. do that, Jeremy – Uh, Gerald, what is your website where people can get your Trends uh, magazine?
3: Trendsjournal.com, trendsjournal.com. And just to remind you, it's more than the magazine. Each weekday we do Trends in the News. We put you ahead of the trends and on top of the news.
0: We'll take a short break. The number to call to get in, uh, in, uh, involved and in touch with Guild Hall is one eight seven seven eight silver. The Real Money and that goes for you as well. Our listeners at News Talk seven seventy in Calgary. More of the Real Money Show coming up, and more of the Real Money Show. The number to start investing one eight seven seven eight silver. The Real Money That to our listeners as well. And News Talk seven seventy in Calgary. And welcoming back Gerald Solante, publisher of the Trends Journal.
1: Hey Gerald welcome back. Um, I wanted to talk to you. We were just as we went to break we were talking about what's going on in Europe and this idea of a little bit of inflation not being a bad thing but uh, certainly good for the white shoe boys. but you know I see that the austerity measures being placed on Europe people are out in the streets you know as you like to say when when people have nothing left to lose, they lose it and that seems to be definitely a something that's occurring in the state. Why do you think it is, or, or you tell us if, if you're seeing that happening in your neck of the woods, why is it not happening in, in the States?
3: A number of reasons. You know, you go back to the Depression, and you used, to, you used to see all those lines of people, you know, on the bread lines, the soup lines. Well, because of the food stamps, et cetera, they keep it. they keep the streets clean. So they're feeding you enough where you're not going out. Mm. And then you're looking at what the nation has become. You know, we're, we're the most obese nation on earth. And the people have really lost their fight. And, and it's, and it's, it's a, mm. also a reality that if you go out and protest, they're going to beat the hell out of you. I mean, does anybody need any more proof? Look what they did to that young woman, Cicely McMillan. Now, Cicely McMillan, it's St. Patrick's Day, right? Now I'm a New Yorker, in case you couldn't tell by the (laughs) accent, And St. Patrick's Day is like a big day in New York, you know? And Cicely McMillan is obviously, obviously Irish. She goes down to the Occupy site, the Occupy Wall Street, and the cops start cleaning everybody out. And you've seen the pictures, pepper spraying kids sitting down, college students. You get out of line, man, you know, talk about freedom and democracy, poof. You know that's good for the uh, for the politicians, but in reality it's a different story. Anyway, she elbows a cop. A big tough cop. Elbows him. And here he hurts his eye. Our brave district attorney, Cyrus Vance, Jr., whose papa was Senator Vance, another guy born on third base and thought he hit a triple, brings this young woman, 23, 25 years old, a college student, out on St. Patrick's Day, maybe out of six beers. They bring her up for trial a three- or four-week trial of we the people's money. And they have her up on charges for seven years in jail. No bail. They send her to Likers Island. And then they find her guilty. they elbowing a cop. A big, tough cop. These guys are always tough, by the way. You know, they got all their buddies around them. or with a lot of body armor and guns. Anyway... They end up giving her three months in jail, five years probation, and she has to go for mental health treatment. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah.
3: Welcome to America. Put a big K on that one. Why aren't there any protests? Hey, try this one on for size. El Presidente of Los Estados Unidos... Barack Obama that all those liberals love, you know, the man of hope and change. The Nobel Peace Prize winner (laughs) signs into order on New Year's Eve 2011, when nobody's paying attention, the National Defense Authorization Act. It gives El Presidente and the flunkies around him the right to take a guy like me, say that you guys that I'm calling overseas are terrorists and that I'm associated with terrorists, they could come and take me away. No judge, no jury, no trial, no charges. I'm gone. Why aren't there protests in the United States? Look what's going on with the NSA. Everybody's scared stiff in this country. You get out of line, they'll get you out of here.
1: So, so what do you – in terms of trends going forward, and, and obviously we're seeing a certain amount of corruption happening, which would be an understatement. Well, what kind of trends do you see in terms of markets? How long do you think they continue going this way, and, and what markets do you see as either the next crash or the next potential?
3: I would have thought it happened already Yeah, because they're going to I'm, – I'm, I've been betting on interest rates going higher. And I, I didn't – you know, I, I, this is unprecedented. It's destroying the economy. It's fueling a phony stock market. And when is it going to pop? At some point. But the timing is very difficult. And people ask me, you know, I predicted the beginning of the gold bull run. And that's that's a fact. It's right there in the Trends Journal. Anybody could go to our website, trendsjournal.com, and you'll see it. When it was $275 an ounce, I said that was the beginning of the gold bull run. And I'm into gold. You know, I've been buying gold since 1978. And I don't buy it to trade. I buy it to hold. And I buy it for my golden years. That's what gold is for. So I still believe gold is a sound investment. Why is it so low? We're looking at negative interest rates. In the old days, if this was just a few years ago, that would have been enough to drive the price of gold up Eh, Probably about $200 an ounce that they're devaluing their currencies at any cost to keep the Ponzi scheme going. So people say, well, you're saying the gold is fixed? Well, we saw what happened with Barclays, and we saw, oh, it was a misstep and a misrepresentation. And then we saw what happened with the LIBOR rate. Yeah, it's rigged. Everybody knows it. It's a fact. Not making it up, not a conspiracy theory. We know the markets are rigged. It's a fact. And you saw what's going on. oh You asked me about government regulations and fines. The SEC came out today. Securities and Exchange Commission. We're going to crack down on that high-frequency trading. Yes, yeah, sure you are. You know that the Forex is rigged to the tune of $5.3 trillion a day worth of trading in currency trades. So, to me, they're artificially holding down the price of gold. And to me, it's still, you know... I'm in it it for the rest of my life, And and boy, I'm happy I have it, because one day something is going to implode or explode these markets, these fake markets. If you lived in Ukraine right now, you wish you had gold or silver, or would you rather have their currency? You think you could buy anything you need with a couple of gold coins, opposed to having their worthless currency at a time of civil war? So that's the kind of reasons why you also have it in these times of high volatility. If you lived in Thailand, same thing. Look at the bot. Look what may happen. Well, you know, who knows what's going to happen in India with the new new, uh, government? How long is that going to last? Look at the numbers that just came out, the expectations from the IMF uh, on China's growth. They're only looking at 7.3%. I mean, that's lower than it has been since 1990 already, and that'll be even lower. So gold, to me, is the ultimate hedge.
1: Well, Gerald, I have to tell you, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the the Trends Journal. I read it all the time. I always find it really informative, and I, I really appreciate you coming on today. It's always great to talk to you and hear your, uh, your point of view. I wish more people, um, and this is why we're having you on, more people would hear that point of view. I think um, we're, we're fighting that fight in terms of against the, the mainstream media that way. So just want to thank you again and, and encourage people to get the, the Trends Journal.
3: Well, thank you, Jeremy
2: and Paul. Thank you, Gerald. You know, it's great, John, that you see that someone like Gerald Salente has been buying gold since it's $275. Even though we're trading, you know, just under $1,255 today, he's still holding and buying gold. And we encourage, you know, our clients, our listeners to get involved. Own some hard assets, whether it's silver, which I think is extremely undervalued, gold as a hard asset, platinum, palladium, any one of those four metals. You can buy it for immediate delivery. You can open an account for a depository where you can take your product and store it with us in a safe, secure, insured location. And the third option you can do is if you want to finance your precious metals, we have that available to you. So this is a great time to get our precious metal advisor, get an information kit on how to invest, or just give us a call at one uh, silver Speak to one of our uh, brokers. They'll be happy to hold your hand, take you through the whole process.
0: And maybe uh, peruse of natural fancy-colored diamonds as well while you're there, Absolutely. Right?
2: This is one of the best-kept secrets in the world of savvy investors. This is the type of investment where you can get involved for as little as $12,000. Natural fancy-colored diamonds tend to double every four to five years on average. Every diamond that we sell at Guildhall comes with a GIA, which is a Gemology Institute of America. That's the certification of the stone. We give you an independent appraisal. You have a money-back guarantee, so if you purchase something um, within 10 10 days, you can bring it back if you're not happy with the product. We belong to the NCDIA, which is important, and we're a Canadian company serving our customers throughout Canada.
1: I think the takeaway, John, especially when I speak to Gerald, and uh, again, great perspective. He's always, uh, for me, when I read um, the things that he puts out, I always find myself having these epiphanies but it, it certainly seems like there, there's very few options. We're definitely in unprecedented territory in mm-hmm. terms of where the stock market is, the the type of controls that are being placed, the type of images that are being projected in, in mainstream media for, for regular people. Um, you know, I read Drudge Report all the time, and that's where you kind of see these squirmishes for whether it was that McDonald's uh, strike a few weeks ago and things like that. But they're really hard to get some sort of groundswell going in the U.S., and it seems that people are really on their own, and I think that's why... You see this stealth bull market in precious metals where people say, you know, it's not that the sentiment, yes, there's a a sentiment that's low in in the market, but the physical buying is there. It's huge. And it's in a bull market. They're just buying it everywhere else but in your local neighborhood. And all you have to do is ask 10 neighbors, 10 friends, how many people own gold and silver? And you'll start to find out that if less than 2% do, you have to look at the value. Is the stock market overvalued? Is, have interest rates really pushed real estate very high? You know, is that, is that something that's set to continue? What's overvalued? What's undervalued? Keep your head. Look at the facts. Look at the fundamentals. And that's something that we help people with. We have the Precious Metal Advisor. We have Investors Kit so that you can get informed on the fundamentals. Decide for yourself whether or not it's important for you to own gold and silver in your portfolio and whether or not you want to be excited about uh, natural fancy colored diamonds as well.
0: That'll wrap it up for another week, fellas. If you want to catch more of Gerald Salente, it's trendsjournal.com. And to locate these guys and talk to Guildhall, that's easy as well. 1 8778 the real And thanks once again to all our listeners, new listeners to News Talk 770 in Calgary. This has been The Real Money Show.